On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we've got the man that runs the show at the most followed program in the country, Andre Chevalier, head coach of Sierra Canyon. You know his alumni from Kenyon Martin and Scottie Pippen Jr., and you know the guys we've had on, Cassius Stanley and current players like Amari Bailey. Coach Dre has the demands of a high-profile team to handle, but it's on level 100 when you throw in the celebrity culture that surrounds the school. Their schedule takes them all over the map, and they are the marquee name for every team they face. For Gil, it's a balancing act of getting your players to produce, managing expectations, keeping the parents and outside influences all in the right place. And it all comes down to philosophy and challenging your players. For Coach Dre, he's been delivering championships amidst sky-high expectations. We see the success of the program and unmatched media attention for a high school team, but make no mistake about it, these boys get down to basketball and take care of business while they've got everyone's best shot every single game. It's a very special, very quality edition of the No Chill Podcast, episode 101. Remember to subscribe to get every episode as soon as they drop. And don't forget to catch No Chill with Gilbert Arenas Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fubo Sports Network. Welcome to another edition of No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. I'm Mike Botticello. Over there is Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> Got you on that. If anyone's looking for the proper pronunciation of your name, it's probably never really been done before. No. Uh, and something to tackle. Because we have another name that's tough to tackle, but I think I got it. Andre Chevalier. Yes, you do. <laughs> head coach of Sierra Canyon. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you're right in our backyard. We've had Amari Bailey. On. We've had other alumni, Cash Stanley. Um, so let's just get right into it. What's the biggest misconception about the program? I think when kids are watching us, they think it's easy to play at Sierra Canyon. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest myth when like the kids are looking at, you know, I want to go there or should I go there? They think it's all fun and games because we're on television, we get gear, uh, but it's a monster to play at Sierra Canyon. Um, practice is not easy. Uh, travel's not easy. Playing against the top teams of the country. It <laughs> ain't easy. easy. <laughs> so I think that's probably the biggest myth that I, that I have to deal with. Parents think it's easy. And you can see that as a, like, just from a Hooper's perspective, it's like, yo, there's, there's a lot of, levels to this thing. Yeah, you know, there's like little rock stars. I mean, you know, um, especially here in the Valley, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> here in the sir. Valley, I mean, you're talking about a team that's bigger than Crenshaw, Westchester, put together. You know, so it's, it's crazy because even, you know, you know, um, my daughter, uh, Isela still goes there. Um, Elijah baller, doesn't baller, anymore. Baller, by the way, both of them were ballers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he used to go there and it used to be just like, we're going to the Sierra Kane game. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> like not, and that that was the thing to do. Yeah, for sure. That that is the thing to do. So, what, what's the best part of the teams that you've had over the last four years? That we won championships, uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, and then obviously, I think that um, I had NBA kids, uh, you know, play for me, uh, and just having you know the access to NBA guys, like Gilbert. What do you see, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm seeing a certain thing, <clears throat> but from from the NBA perspective they might be able to give me a tidbit or, you know, you need to change your style of play and this certain thing. Or the thing that Scottie Pippen and Kenyon used to tell me, take their ass out the game. <laughs> <laughs> if they're not doing what you need to do, take them out. 
So I think like, you know, having NBA people to talk to and, you know, bounce ideas off of has been wonderful. Uh, my administration is amazing. So, you know, being able to work for a place that understands what we're trying to accomplish uh, and giving us the, the ability to be able to do that um, has been wonderful. Uh, all of the Nike gear that we get is just kind of nice. Uh, so there are definitely a lot of perks. Um, so I'm very happy to be there after my stint at Cleveland High School uh, and then Oaks Christian. Uh, this place is like the culmination of all um, as far as academics, athletics, uh, the arts, the administration uh, has been wonderful. And that presence of of parents with with their players that were former NBA players, you know, guys like Scottie Pippen, Kenyon, LeBron, obviously. Gil, you recognize that as a player that we're not going to really get in the coach's way. You know, if we want our kid to succeed, we got to let him, you know, do what he's here for. Yeah, I mean, that that's always the most important, just as a parent, you know, just as a parent, period. Just, like, let the coach do what the coach does. We sit in, we sit as fans, mm -hmm. like, fans, not parents. You got to sit in the stands as yes. fans, not parents, because... What, what, as parents, we don't realize what we do is we actually make it worse because you're calling a play. We think he's going to shoot the ball, pass the ball. Like you, now the coach, now they don't know, now the kid doesn't know where to look. Like, who do I supposed to look at the coach or do I supposed to look at the parent? You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have, you have that instead of just saying, low, late, listen, hey, you, y'all coaching, y'all playing. I'm just here watching. I'm just definitely. I'm gonna be on my phone. I'm gonna be playing app games while I'm watching you do something. Ooh, if I miss it, someone <laughs> caught it on the camera. But I don't no wanna doubt. be, I don't wanna be that type of parent that the player's sitting there looking and then on the bench they mad sitting there and you talking about like, nah, that's that's all contradicting of to what is supposed to be. Like, if you you have a coach that's like that's very particular and you're not doing what you're doing and you're sitting on the bench you have to go through that experience. Definitely. You know what I mean? Or you're going to have a bunch of prima donnas, and when a real coach hits their system, they fold. So growing up, you you got to have every single element before you, <laughs> before you get to the peak of whatever you're trying to get to. Yeah, I tell people all the time, the NBA guys understand the process. So they're the ones that's out of the way most of the time. They don't, they don't tell me what to do. They don't give me ideas. They're like, if you need me, call me. Otherwise, they just let me coach, and uh, it, it's been a wonderful thing. So that experience has been great for me. And, th and that's the thing to navigate. There's times where you need that input or you welcome that input, and there are other times that this is this is my playbook, this is my strategy, this is what I'm going to do. And I have to, you know, you have to be at peace with that. Amen. Yeah, because um, you got to remember, we've been. You got to remember, I've had a park league coach. Uh, uh, a bunch of AAU coaches, mm -hmm. high school coach, a college coach, an NBA coach, and he gets fired. So I've, we've been <laughs> exactly. through every single coach. So mm -hmm. to come all the way backwards, we know not to interfere. We You have to go through that. So that's what I, I try to tell parents. Listen, I've been there. Because they're like, why you don't tell a coach? You know he benched Elijah eight minutes? What you telling me for? I'm not the coach. That's the coach. Go talk to him. You think my son should be playing? Go talk to him. That ain't got nothing to do with me. I've been benched before, so I know how to respond. He has to respond. He has to do what the coach says for him to get on that court. That's that's the process. But, you know, if you've never been through that situation, you don't know the process, so you're interfering with the process. Now, the other key element of this is the kids. Mm -hmm. And knowing that they step into this high-profile program, there's a lot of pressure on them. 
you know, and I think, I, I like to say this, pressure is only pressure if you feel it. Mm-hmm. So some of them can handle all that, handle all the circuits, handle all the sideshow that's going on with celebrities at the games and being on national TV. Other ones, that's going to be tougher on them. So how do you help them get through that, that pressure? Well, I always say that, like, nobody's going to put, put more pressure on me or us than we put on ourselves. Uh, we have a high expectation coming into the game, uh, coming into the season. The expectation is to win state titles every year. And now it's to win national titles. Uh, so we put that pressure on ourselves all the time. And the experience that they get throughout the year, playing in NBA arenas, playing on television, like the media writing about them, you know, the media following us everywhere we go, that pressure gives them the experience that they need throughout the year to be able to perform at the end of the year when it's important. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can also, as a, as a player coming up, when you get to the highest level, you're getting an exposure to that early. Yeah, you don't get shell shock. I didn't even really think about that. Like, you know, the media and all that, because, you know, any other high school, you know, you don't get those type of exposure. So if you did make it to the state championship and then now there's, you used to 400 people in the stands, now there's 20,000, you know, that can really like, oh, this is overwhelming. You know, but, you know, if you're one of those teams where you are in NBA arenas and you're, the camera's following you, it's just a natural day. So going to college, doing interviews, it becomes... It becomes a smooth sailing. To that point, we actually try to do everything that we can at Sierra Canyon to prepare kids for college, right? So when BJ went to Kentucky, he wasn't shell-shocked because he's playing against, I mean, uh, in front of 14,000, 15,000 already. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the Big Blue Nation wasn't a surprise for him. Um, Obviously, they're not playing in front of fans right now, but uh, we try to give them every experience so that when they step into the college atmosphere, arena, practice floor, uh, that they're ready to go. And the thing about that is too, you're not only, you're getting the best shot from the teams that you're playing against, but then you have that extra opponent that is, you know, the, all the eyeballs on them and all the extra attention that they're getting. So it's yes. like you have to coach against two different opponents. Cameras everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know that these kids <laughs> want social media posts or content. They're trying to build their brand, uh, you know, so they're, they're playing sometimes looking for the camera. Or it could be a, it should be a basic layup, but they're going to try to do something fancy and put some spin on it, you know, so that they can get likes. So we definitely are dealing with the social media aspect of it, but it's the time that we live in. So we embrace it. And I think that's the difference. Like we run to it uh, and most people are running from it. It is, okay. Was the school, was the school itself ready for this team for the last two years? No, we were not. No, nah, the school wasn't ready. No, I don't think that pre- you can. It wasn't can, prepared. Yeah, you can't even imagine. Like, I don't think you can prepare for this. Nobody knew it was going to be uh, what it was. Uh, so I don't think that the school could prepare. Uh, they were super surprised at the amount of attention that we started to get. Uh, even before LeBron got there, you know, that team with Cassius and KJ mm-hmm. and Scotty. Uh, you know, um, Dwayne Washington started getting crazy recognition. And so it just like, it snowballed so quickly that they didn't know it. So because I was like, because I, I, I don't know if you guys did it, but heard you guys were going to move your home games to Northridge. We did last year, oh. but we definitely need some more gym space. <laughs> so we're going to be knocking on the ring door. Help us with this gym real quick. But yeah, we, we find a way to work it out though. But it, the school definitely... 
uh, was they were not prepared, but they're trying to get there though. I was gonna say because they, it's almost been an evolution of this. Like you had the famous kids that were there before, just as students, you mm-hmm. know, Jamie Foxx's kids and yes. Diddy's kids, and then you have, you know, the. But it all came at the same time. I no, think, then then it became these. The team got better, and you had Drake at the games and the. Kardashians no, but what I'm saying is, you're games. still talking about within the last five years. Yeah. Because you're talking about five years. Diddy kids is still there. Oh, um, they were there. Yes, yeah, five years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, no, so, so, so. his oldest son was there, but the the, the, the girls are still there. Mm-hmm. Now you got the Kardashians there. Like you got the carts there. So, but but that's the lower campus. But the big campus, you got to remember, you still got regular students too. Yeah. And there's no field for PE. So what ends up happening, it affects the basketball team because now the gym becomes their PE area. So now, you know, all the basketball players are sitting there like, what? What's that? Go! You know, so it was one of those, it was one of those things like, oh, that's, they should have, they didn't think about this one. That's the one thing I'd be like, I know they're, they got to try to change it or they're trying to find a way to build something that can, Accommodate the regular students. It's a it's yes. accommodate the regular students. Yes. Get them away from the basketball <laughs> arena. Gilbert can say that. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome everyone at Sierra Canyon. We, we embrace all of it. <laughs> this is a man who's been down that road <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. quite a quite a ways. Uh, exactly. But what you also you said is embracing it, embracing all of these things that are going on that not every coach probably would be willing to sign up for. And I think that's something you can appreciate is you know, you want that coach that's going to have your best interests at heart, even if it goes against like the old school way of thinking. You know, it's a it's a coach that's had success, had a player that is not a black and white player. He's a grayer. He's a super athlete, and dealing with him, you know, and it that that player teaches you things about yourself, which you get to you know learn and you get to adjust and. That takes you, so when you see that player again, you know what not to do and what to do, what was successful and what wasn't. So, you know, um, well, your first player was Nick Young. Mm -hmm. You know, so that type of athleticism, that type of player helps him with this this, this next, you know, group. You know, so it's, you know, like it's it's just an experience of what that coach is. Has, has been through. And who you just said it was Nick Young, it was not Swaggy P. You didn't have him that kind of Nick yet. Oh no, Nick's uh, Swaggy P name came in high school. Oh, it was? Yes, he created that in high school. He just didn't, he didn't bring it out for a couple years when he was in the league. Oh, so it was oh, Swaggy, it was Swaggy P in high school. Swaggy P came about in high school for sure, so. <laughs> wow! I, I thought, knew Swaggy before the nation knew Swaggy. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought. It was, I thought it was a uh, Laker thing. Yeah, he's been hiding that from us for a while. Yeah, yeah. It was. A, it was a high school thing for oh, sure. Okay. So there you go. You learn something new mm-hmm. today. Like I, I remember watching a, a clip, and it was the behind the back. It was behind the back reverse, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! High school kids are doing that. Nick like was I was a freak, man. Yeah, I was like, I couldn't even get the windmill. Correct in high school, let alone behind the back. I'm like, sheesh. Yeah. Nick did some stuff in high school that, like, I was on the bench like, did that just happen? Did he just do that? <laughs> like, it's crazy. Best offensive player that I've ever had. Easy. People, people thought, I was, player people I've thought I was crazy when I used to say that. I used to say, when it comes to offensive talent, 100%. when it comes to just natural ability, he's top five in our NBA. Yes, people was like, nah. I was like... He can mimic anything anyone does. 
Like his just, his knack for picking stuff up when it came to offensive scoring, oh, unreal. He couldn't guard you, but he could. <laughs> he could definitely put, a put you in the blender. <laughs> he could definitely put you in the blender. He yes. will put a bucket on you. That's just stuff. Just wanted to get buckets. <laughs> exactly. Let him do that. But for you as a coach, all this stuff it comes into you know your approach. So so day one, you're coming into the program. How do you get the kids to buy in? Oh, I really don't even ask. I just make them buy in at first, right? Like at first, they don't even know what it takes to be successful or how hard you have to work to get to, you know, the highest level. So I just spoon feed them and I just make them do it until they understand, right? Like this is what you have to do. Luckily for me at Sierra Canyon, we won the first year I was head coach. And then after you start winning, people don't really ask questions anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They get in mind. (laughs) So that, that helped a lot. But when they come in with expectations, thinking like they're going to be the next five star or I'm going to end up here, I could go somewhere early, whatever. That's where it's like, sure, it could be great to get to that point, but we got to take care of square one. You can't put the carpet before the horse. Well, we have a culture at Sierra Canyon, right? Like it's, it's an expectation that we already have set. These are the things that you do to be successful. Uh, and when somebody challenges that, I, like Gilbert said, the, the bench is a, a big time motivator. <laughs> So I sit them on a the bench until <laughs> they understand uh, what we're trying to accomplish. But I think at the end of the day, um, they understand after they've been in it for a little while that this is like, this is the culture of success. Uh, and if you want to, you know, achieve great things, you have to be structured. You have to learn. You have to do things a certain way. And so we just keep our culture locked in as best we can uh, and pull people along. And it's all right for you to say that, but I want to hear what you think as far as a player goes, knowing that these kids, it can go sideways. Like kids can want to go in a different direction. It's different than when I, when I was coming up. You got to remember, these kids are playing on AAU super teams, you know, mm-hmm. and from the AAU super teams, they're building high school super teams. So for the most part, they're already buying into sharing that spotlight. In a sense, they're already into like, you got to remember, if a kid says, I'm going to Sierra Canyon and he knows who's there, mentally, he's already buying into, I'm not going to be the lone wolf going against the world. It's going to be this this team I'm trying to. Now remember, I think over the years, national championships, um, state championships has been a big thing for some of these kids. Like, uh, you know, I didn't. Making the playoffs was, you know, yes. in the Valley, making the playoffs was, yes, the, was, was the thing. <laughs> you know, so yes. there was no, you know, super team and it wasn't really invented there. Like, yeah. we had to really buy into team things when it was AAU time. Because, you know, in AAU, you got to remember, a Valley team and we're playing AAU, you really have to be in sync just to compete with all the talent out there. So, you know, if we're going to Vegas to the big time or Bigfoot tournament, and we're playing at AU, like we are really connected. Yeah. Like we're really, we're friends, we're, we're connected, we're, we're buying into whatever that's going on to succeed in, you know, a, a Vegas thing. So fast forward into now, it seems a little easier 
because they're already going to the situation knowing that, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to share this, we're going to do this. And now it's just the coach to really just make sure that they don't gravitate out like, yo, hold on. I know you had 30 last night. This is all right. I, you, it's still, we still got other players that can do it. We don't need you to just try to do it all yourself. Yeah. You know, you have other players that can, you know, and that's just the coaches, just the, okay, I know you're veering off, but come on mm-hmm. and yeah. just keep straight. <laughs> you have to do that often. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you'll see, because, you know, you got to remember, you know, it, it is it is a spotlight and that spotlight is bright. And if you have a good game against a certain team, you're going to want to stand above mm-hmm. when it's like, hold on. Yeah, yeah, you did it. OK, it's, mm-hmm. this person's going to he was balling last game. He was balling this game, you know, so yeah. it doesn't stand on one person's shoulder. You know, you just mentioned going to Vegas. This team went to China. Last year. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so, so, so what it went into that, I think people see is like, oh, the high school team went to China, but there's a story to it, right? What's the story? Oh, it? yeah. You know, Harold, you are a seven foot um, three uh, center, uh, is from China. Uh, so we wanted to take the kids to China so that they can see what he experiences every day in America, right? Like to us, the food in China was shaky. Mm-hmm. But to Harold, when he comes to America, the food, like, he has to really search for things that he likes and that he can mm-hmm. eat. Um, the language barrier is crazy. Uh, so we wanted the kids to experience exactly what he was dealing with on a daily basis to try to make him feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So they would pull him into the fold, you know, bring him to the house, bring him to the house so they could eat dinner uh, just to get him acclimated to the culture. Uh, so it was, oh, it was a wonderful trip for that. That's, that's, no, that's, that's, that's amazing. Cause you wouldn't think about it, like you know, he's just like, yo, you're American, hey, what you, what? And you just yeah. push him out of the way. And now, mm-hmm. well, when he goes to his country, you are there, like, yo, what is, like, what yeah. is he say? What is the coach saying? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. Was a great experience for us. We played, I mean, we played a game every other, like every other day. So travel city to city every other day, um, and uh, the the crowds were nuts. So that was another preparation for, you know, kind of what we were going to deal with. You know, the, you know, last year uh, with the, the attention that we got with the arenas and different like Was China, was China even worse? Oh, China, was, <laughs> they were chasing after the bus. They were, they were cut from the game before we get to the hotel. They're at the hotel waiting. You can't get through the doors. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite an interesting. As you would imagine. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. There's some big fans there, man. It's crazy. Big fans, so. And even for the kids, though, that lesson of appreciating your teammates and knowing, you know, that they're going, especially if a player's coming from a whole other country and Absolutely. having to adapt to that culture, like, that's one of the best values you can instill in a, in a, in a team. Um, but that's not for every kid. You know, it takes a certain mm-hmm. type of kid, I'm sure, to that buys in, you know, to, to this air canning system. What is, what is that specifically? I mean, I think you have to just be crazy tough to deal with, you know, all of the things that we deal with. And I mean, I think one of the wonderful things about our team is that practice is going to be like games for the most part, because we are so deep, we can create five on five situations that really emulate games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and so I think that's, you know, always a wonderful thing because they're going to compete with each other. They're mo- they are high school monsters, I will say. <laughs> they get after it. They're not playing games, especially Amari. Like, Amari ain't smiling. He, I don't care even practice. He ain't smiling. <laughs> he trying to take your heart, like, every time that he gets an opportunity to do so. Um, so that, that really creates an opportunity for us to learn and get better. Uh, and just, you know, these guys are going to high-level colleges, possibly NBA. 
So they're just getting that experience right out the gate. It was so funny. So, someone was asking me about Bronny going there. And they was like, where would you rank him in his class? And I said, well, you can't judge him by his numbers because you're not looking at everything that's in front of this man. 100%. I said, you know, <laughs> he's understand that he has to take his baby steps because there's a group of guys in front of him. But what you guys are not paying attention to is look who he's practicing and competing with against Daily. every single day. You know, and that's what's making him better. That it ain't the game, it's this practice. You know, you, Amar Bailey, every you had day. Brandon Boston, you got juggernaut players that's five, three, one in the nation. Mm -hmm. And that's who he gets to see every single day. So if I'm gonna ring him by a senior, yeah, I'm just gonna give him one. He done played against one through five his whole career. You just haven't seen it because they're still in the way. So I said, so once you see the kid, his junior senior year, it's gonna, his ranking's gonna go from wherever it is to one, two. That man is going to be a monster <laughs> his junior senior year, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I think that's really like that's the totem pole, right? When you're underclassmen, you gotta work your way up. There's mm -hmm. guys ahead of you, and the guys up ahead of you, they wanna stay there. No one you take that. Like this is the I, I thought, like, you know. In any situation, that was the best situation for him uh, mm -hmm. at this point because he gets to watch what hunger looks like. Absolutely. You know when you know when you're Definitely. when you're when you're a, a kid who has everything. Like he doesn't have to work out if he don't want. He don't have yeah. to do nothing if he doesn't want. He can He's sit in this. Yes, <laughs> You know. And exactly. so, but you know, you get to watch other kids who's hungry, who's who's looking at you. It's like, oh, you're 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 Ronnie? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm gonna show you like every day in practice. Every and day. you have to battle every day in practice. That builds a whole nother player. Even though you're not unleashing it in the game, because you gotta remember, there's already big lions in front of you. Exactly. When those big lions are gone, you are the big lion. You know what I mean? I said that's a different experience that you're not gonna see it until his junior senior year. Yeah. So he's so to everyone, he's gonna come out of the Winsworth, but it's like, no, you can see it right now. That uh, absolutely, he yeah. got Bailey. This man don't smile. No, like, this man don't smile. He's trying to take your head off. That's yes. who he gets to compete exactly. against. <laughs> that's that's who's sharpening his iron right 100%. now. Hundred percent. A man who don't smile, nothing's everything serious. Yeah, definitely. And did that go into Bronny's move to come there? I remember at the time in LA, it was where is he gonna go to Crossroads? He gonna go to Notre Dame? And Sierra really offered that. Like, you're you're one of the Lions, you're in the pack, and it's gonna make you better. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously LeBron and Savannah just wanted to gauge the basketball community for a year uh, when they got here to see what was going on. Uh, but, but LeBron fully understands that putting him in a competitive high school experience is gonna get him ready for the next level. He could have put him in a place where he went in as the man mm -hmm. and, you know, wasn't competing on a daily basis. Uh, but, but the competition that he gets, uh, the experience that he gets uh, is going to prepare him uh, to be at a skyrocket. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a quick shift. <laughs> yeah. People are going to be like, oh, he was just okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's the best player in the country. Yeah, yeah, All of a sudden. That's what I said. It's yeah, going to be a quick absolutely. shift. Sure. Because you can see that that would be the drive. If you go somewhere else, you could potentially plateau if you're the big fish in a small pond. Yeah, I mean, that's what I said. You have the Mikey Williams. You have these guys. But I look at it like you're getting game experience because, but what is the real experience 
what is the competition you're playing against? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, yeah, you're averaging 30, but is that next level talent? Right. You know, is that, you know, no. So you might get a false confidence. Of, of confidence of what you really are. What is your, you know, you know, you because you haven't had a downfall, so you don't know what rock bottom looks like. And if you ever get hit, do you know how to climb out of it? Well, if you're starting rock bottom and you have to build you know, you have to build to be the top line. It's a, it's a difference. Right. That's why I said, you know, it's there, there's that's a great situation because he gets to watch, he gets to watch hunger compete against. I was gonna him. say it creates a deeper yeah. hunger. When you're that one guy, the one man band that's always getting the ball thrown to them, and you got to do everything. Just you know, that's, that's you know, that's how players like Steph were created. Mm-hmm. CJ, Dang. you know, you're this little, you these little guys getting beat on day yeah, after day. Yeah, yeah. You, you started like, you know what? I'm not gonna take this thing exactly. You know, you, and you started working on a whole different type of craft. Definitely. So, how do you, knowing that these guys, these kids, kids are gonna come through, and they've got all the stuff that's in front of them? How do you manage that? To where you're preparing them for the travel, the schedule, you know, getting the opponent's best shot every night, like the the dynamics in the team. We just talk about it and tell them what's coming, right? I think one of the things that we preach in our program is like, you gotta have tough conversations. You gotta tell kids the truth, um, you know. And and I'm dealing with boys that are transitioning to become men, uh, so the sooner that we can have real conversations with them uh, and tell them the truth, uh, I think they start to grasp it a little bit more. And then if they don't believe it, when they get the experience, they start to believe mm-hmm. it. Coach said that this was going to happen. And then we get into the situation and it really happens that way. They're like, oh, he's not lying to me. He's trying to prepare me for something and tell me the truth about it. Uh, and I think, you know, we build uh, a level of trust uh, because I have real conversations uh, and we don't shy away from what the real is in any situation. All right, let's take a break and let's talk about our good friends at Athletic Greens. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I have ever tried. You know, right now, everyone is looking for quality, clean, balanced nutrition with so many stressors in life. It's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrients it needs to thrive. Busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods. This is where Athletic Greens can help. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essential. It is by far the easiest and most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your health routine today and empower you to take ownership of your health. Right now, everyone wants to eat clean and be balanced. It's tough. Of course, we stay on the right track. We all have our cheat days, but to get it all in one place when you need it, there's no better source than Athletic Greens. One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more that all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in your diet, increase energy and focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products. It's so easy. You got your bottle, you get it packaged in a a pre-made package or a scoop of the powder, add water, shake it up, and you're good to go. Athletic Greens continues to obsessively improve this one holistic formula based on the latest research producing 53 
iterations over the last decade and counting. They invest in the most absorbable and natural source of each ingredient and go above and beyond in third-party testing to ensure their customers continue to receive the highest quality and best daily nutritional habit on the planet. It's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free option and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during the winter months. They're offering fans of the No Chill podcast a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit our link today, you'll basically never have to buy vitamin D again. So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash no chill and join health experts, athletes, and health conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash no chill and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. It's that easy. It's that simple. It's that good. It's Athletic Greens. Since since you do get to travel to the East Coast, is it like, is it one of those, is it, does it hurt your program when you go play East? Because, Heck yes. Because of the, because of the rules, right? The, the time actually kills us. So last year we lost some games, right? Like we lost to Minnehaha, we lost to... Long Island Lutheran. The only game we lost in California last year was Rancho Christian. So we go back east. We got to deal with the travel. Mm-hmm. We got to deal with the time change. Mm-hmm. We have to deal with uh, most of the time we go back east. They don't have shot clocks. Clocks. The shot clock. Right? Many In Minnesota, they have uh, 18-minute halves uh, instead of 16, I mean, <laughs> eight-minute like quarters. And so everything gets thrown at us. So last year, we were on a whirlwind tour. And then having to deal with the element change, it's freezing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's snow. Like the kids are like, we want to play in the snow. We're like, you can't play in the snow. We got a game. So it's all kinds of crazy stuff to have. We want to play in the snow. <laughs> yeah, when, it, when, when it's travel, it's just crazy. But that, I think that's really, that really speaks to how special last year's team was, though. Uh, because we, I think we logged 40,000 travel miles last year. Uh, and still to be able to perform at the level that they did. Uh, and go to the playoffs in L.A. the way that they did. Uh, we, we were one game away from winning another, another state title. Um, I, I think they, they picked it up masterfully. Yeah, I, I always look at that, um, that shot clock as a disadvantage to West Coast teams because it's like, you know, we, if you have a bunch of Lions that's going to run the score up and you, you have one guard that can dribble his ass, you make it, you just make it oh. a catch me if you can game. 100%. And you sit there and play four, five corner and you just sit there and just have this guy dribble and make that score so low that 
you know, and I, and I just look at it like that's it's not real basketball. Thirty-five to thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like score going to be if you let them right, like you know, you so have to trap in the half court. Yeah, now you got to do a whole bunch of stuff that you just normally I got to trap. You got to do this and try to speed this game up just so they can try to score so we can go and score. Exactly. You know, and and that's what I noticed about the the, the East Coast. I'm like, well, that's that's why they get hurt. That's why they get hurt going forward, is because mm-hmm. by the time they learn what shot possessions and two for ones and mm-hmm. ending games, they learn that in college. Yes, exactly. And that's their first time with understanding what a shot clock like, like a real shot clock. Oh, no, we got to go for two for one. I'm like, what's two for one? Right, right. Oh, uh, yeah, that's oh, okay. You don't know what two for one is. You know, it's like, yeah, we don't learn it in our freshman year in high school. You're learning in your freshman year in college. So we're four years ahead of you yeah. in, in information. You know, so it's, it's it was one of those things. I was like, mm. you know, if I have a juggernaut team like this, I don't want to play in the East. I was gonna say, wouldn't you make them come west? Yeah, I will make the, I will make them come west. Well, we tried to do that, but <laughs> the 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 major events for the most part are yes. like East Coast. You know, Hoop All East. Um, you know, is on the East Coast, and we try always like, can we implement a shot clock? We need to put that in the contract, and like we we need to have a shot clock. But sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. But <laughs> that, that, that is, isn't that, isn't that a, that's a weird thing. Cause I remember that was my high school. No. Yeah. When I was in Grant, my, um, my sophomore year, we didn't have a shot clock. Yeah. And that's what, that's what, uh, what was going on. They were holding the ball on me mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I don't have to play defense. And then yeah. I didn't realize about, I didn't realize about the other part. Like, yo, uh, if you don't get the ball back, you can't score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me, let me jump this past the lane real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's cool. The other element that, that you have a hell of a job description when you think about it, but the other element is that you have to manage so many people's expectations. So, you know, I think it starts with the players, right? Like we say what they want to accomplish mm-hmm. and you know where they think they're gonna get to. And then the when you have former players as parents, but then it's the parents' expectations, which is a classic role for any coach. But how do you how do you tackle that managing parents' expectations? Um that's the toughest part of my job, I think, is dealing with the parents, uh, trying to keep them balanced and understanding what we're trying to accomplish and that their child is getting better. Even though you don't see them scoring 25, <laughs> they're actually getting better and learning how to play the game, which is going to uh, really help them at the next level. Uh, and so getting them to understand and see that when they're comparing their kid to somebody else at another school or somebody on social media or when their their kid was 13, they were better than this kid, and now he got numbers. Um, you know, so with all due respect, parents, if there was one thing that I could remove from the equation, <laughs> it's you. It would be dealing with the parents. Um, I mean, honestly, as like as a coach and a mentor, you kind of want to like just let me have the boys. I promise you, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna <laughs> grow them up and challenge them and, you know, have them, you know, move to the next level um, as a player and as a man, um, you know, but it's tough. I understand that, you know, I have a daughter, you know, that plays, so I definitely get it when I'm like, she only got six minutes and I think she's better than everybody <laughs> yeah, out yeah. there. Let me just say that. That helps me though, because as much as I want to call the coach, like Gil said, I wouldn't want a parent calling me. So let me shut up. I'm not, that was I'm that was the one reason I like when 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 they was talking about AAU and I'm like I don't know if I want to coach because it's parents. Like I'm not worried about the players. The players you can they're they're easily 
like, you know, success and, you know, giving them a reason on why awesome. we're doing this, what yeah. we're doing. That's easier. It's the, it's the parents that's the hard, you know, because the parents, for some reason, they think that a 10-year-old or 11-year-old is going to get them out of poverty, you know, today. So, you know, in, the, in, in, in having that kind of pressure, <laughs> I don't want none of that. I don't want you to, you know. You can say some things I can't say. I'm like, I say no, because I'm there. I'm in there. I'll be sitting on the sideline listening. Like, yeah, you know, yes. my son's going to get me out of poverty. Like, they're, they're nine. <laughs> to pretend we're, mm-hmm. This is 13U. Like, I don't, you don't have to. Yes. That's, you got a, another seven, eight years oh. before you have to worry about something like that. Yes. But, you know, but. But that type of pressure, so that means everything, I mean, you know, every shot counts now, you know, for that kid, every mistake is yes. frowned upon. And I'm like, that's, that is not how you're supposed to develop. No. That's, you know, you gotta, you gotta let the maturity, like, I, hey, I said, I set the bench on JV my freshman year. The bench. Like, I wasn't a, a, a JV superstar. I was a bench player. Mm-hmm. Just had brand new shoes on all the time because I can I can wear my brand new shoes because I knew they wasn't going to get stuffed. <laughs> you know, that's how I knew. That's that's how that's, that's how much I play where I can buy the brand new pennies, uh, all white, wear them, and they're still brand new because I wasn't going to play. You know, I said, and then I just trained and work. And, and, and felt the pain and watched and learned and got better. You know, it wasn't, you know, it, it, it was no, the, the magic tool was I put in the work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I respect the process. Where your dad was, right? If you're a kid and you want to get, you, if you want to get on, on the court and your dad's in the coach's ear, you're like, man, dad, like, stop because... Like it I hurts to, you. It hurts me. Yeah, the coach is not going to really look down the bench and want to put me in. It just irritates. Not just going to do it on purpose. It's just, you know, it's, it's just it's just one of those things. Just it's, it 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 hurts more than it helps. Right. So your dad would just say, "Put the work. Give him a reason to put you on the floor." His dad was definitely saying that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> put in the work. No I'm doubt about it. But then when you have the kids as well, and every kid wants to be on the floor, every kid wants the ball. How do you manage those expectations to where it's like you know you, you know where your minutes are going, your shots are going, who's getting the ball in crunch time? Well, basketball is indicative of life, right? Like, some people can have the ball in the last minute. <laughs> yeah. Some people ain't getting the ball in the last minute. And, and so, like, it's a learning process that they have to understand. Like, where you are in the pecking order is going to determine how many shots you get. How m- Amari ain't getting treated like somebody else. Mm-hmm. Amari got a rope that's, like, so long, but I'm not going to pull Amari's rope like <laughs> <laughs> he gets to play. Uh, and every and people come in and they don't understand why until they get into practice mm-hmm. or until you know they're in the game and they see how hard Amari goes and what he brings to the table. So we just try to teach life lessons through the game. And as I said, we tell the truth and we have tough conversations. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. This is the reality of life. Uh, this is the reality of this team. And so you have to decide that you're going to do the work and move yourself from 10 to seven, mm-hmm. from seven to four, from four to one. In converse, you said that a few times, conversations. It's more than just as a coach, this is my way or the highway. It's, it's, it's actually have a dialogue. Well, it's not, a, it's, to be honest, it's a, the pecking order comes from, it comes from this ring. The pecking order is, is, is the players in practice. 
you're going to know where you are <laughs> when, when, when every day in practice, the coach is just sitting there trying to figure, okay, there, there, there's a number one guy. Okay. He's battling for number two. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not like the coach is not coming to, all right, you're going to be the number one option. You're the number, that's Absolutely. not how that, that's not how that shit well, works. You know, number seven wants to be number one. But number seven has to like, got to remember, I was number 15 in Golden State. We have a max player. Antoine Jamison. We have the future, Troy Murphy um, and Jason Richardson. I get in the game, I'm one-fourth flatting. That was my thing. I get yanked. He puts me back in. One-fourth flat. Two times. I started doing it in practice. Now, when I call one-fourth flat, Antoine waves the coach off. Let him do it. Mm -hmm. You start, you as a player, you pick you you start getting these players to buy into what you do. And I told I always tell kids, I say, listen, whatever you do, you do that shit in practice. You do that shit in practice. Because if you don't do it in practice and you try that shit in the game, yes. and coach see, oh hell no. Nah, Cause he's never seen it before. Uh, oh hell, you're not gonna do that on lock. You gonna sit down? And you do it in practice so the coach knows what you do. So when he's sitting there, because oh, I need quick buckets, where? Ah, get in, go. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. When he says get in and go, he knows what you're about to bring. I need that instant offense. I need that tempo change. I need this. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going to do for me. Get in there and do it. If you're not doing it, come back and sit down. But you don't want to come in the game and you just got in the game and you took three quick shots. If, if they don't know, that's what you do. Exactly. So the pecking order comes between the, the players and the coach is just putting them in order. All right. That's what he does. Okay, mm -hmm. he's the wild card. Okay, we don't know. All right, he's he's a moody player, depending on what his what he looks like during shoot around. Depends on how many minutes he's gonna get. He knows every detail of every right because <laughs> so, that's because yeah. you have you have players like that that yeah. you know you can tell by their mood. All right, yeah. you, and you're sitting there with your side. Hey, how does uh, how does he feel today? Mm -hmm. All right, just just watch watch just you know you have that you know yeah. he's gonna show up for big games. Sometimes you don't show up. You know you, you're gonna have those types, and that's what I said. It's not the coach that's putting this in order. He's just managing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there are, there are very significant roles on the team that doesn't include scoring, mm -hmm. right? Like if you got a point guard that could get you into your set, right? That, that's very good at you know getting Amari the ball or know that Bronny's hot, so. My penetration, I'm finding Bronny, you know, for the three, then that increases your minutes. If you can sit down and lock somebody down on defense, we go no catch sometimes. Like, we ain't letting Gil catch the ball and shoot the ball 20 times. We're going to deny him and make him work. So if there's somebody that can play that role, then it's going to increase their minutes. And the one thing that the parents don't understand, matchups. Things change game by game by game. And if they could just sit back and like, and that, that is that is the the biggest thing to basketball matchups. Like if you're in the NBA and you're looking at NBA, like, and you said, how did this team beat this team? Matchups, they Absolutely. match up, yes, perfect to them, yes. You know, and and when when you're watching, like you know, like especially NBA fans, you're watching like towards the end of the season, and some teams just dropping, some people, some teams is uh, uh, resting their players. Is because they're trying to fall in a certain, and yes. and because they don't want to match up with a certain team because exactly. this team might not be a great matchup for them, even though they're a seven seed and you a two seed or whatever. You don't want that seven seed. 
I don't want that team. That team gives us fucking problems. They just do something to it that we, I want to drop the three or I want to move the one. One of the two, but we're not going to stay at two. <laughs> we're not going to stay at two. And you remember when Pop, when, when, when Pop, that was like probably like four or five years ago yeah. when he let the Pelicans win so the Pelicans go in so he can play them because he didn't want to play what, OKC? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of those. Like, I don't want to play those. I don't want to play them. I want to play them. Exactly. So I'm going to let them win this game so they can get that eighth seed. Because the other team got two stars, and that might give me problems in the playoffs. Yep. Everything that we've talked to, it all comes down to competition. You know, you can have all the sideshow, you can have all the hype, all that stuff, but it's the competition. And I think, Gil, you can appreciate this too. You are competing at the highest stage at your, you know, at this level. Um, so how do you how do you get them all to lock in when it's time to lock in? I think, I mean, if you're a player, you want to play the best teams in the country. You want to play against the best individual players in the country. Uh, it's not, I don't have to act a fool in those games. I have to <laughs> act up in the games where we're playing teams that are supposed to not be very good, but they're coming in and giving us their best shot. So that's when I have to really get on them and, you know, get them locked in and ready to go. When we play high-level competition, uh, they're on their P's and Q's. They're ready to go. They're stretching hour before the game they're meeting with the trainer they're doing everything that they need to do um so we want to we want to be the best like in the state of california we want to be the best in the nation so we know in order to do that we gonna have to go play the mountain birds of the world right california doesn't let us play them in a regular season we're going to try to find you in the preseason anything that we can do to try to play mountain bird mm-hmm. uh, we're going to try to do it uh, because we know that competition uh is what breeds greatness you have to have it in order to go to the next level. Yeah, you know, the, the funny thing there, too, is that you're getting somebody's best shot every night, which is, is the thing about that, the program. That's the, that's the trick. When you're chasing greatness, right, and you're saying, yeah, they get up for these. I never had to act the food for these. Mm-hmm. It's these. And that's when you tell them, hey, how you're chasing, chasing Mount Vernon, someone's chasing you. Hey, yes, they <laughs> you're, are. You're chasing the big target on your back. Yeah. You're chasing, an, you're, you're yes. number three right now. You're chasing number two and one. Mm-hmm. Number 10 is looking at you. Yeah. yeah. You're not, you don't even know he exists, but he's looking at you. So you have to always be ready to smash down on everyone. The craziest part is like, we'll play a fall league game and somebody will beat us and they're running around the gym celebrating like they won the championship. And the kids are always like, this is a fall league game. But you don't understand. <laughs> they want what you have. And if you, you just let them think that they can beat you. So now they're celebrating because they feel like, you know, yep. we just beat Sierra Canyon. If we play them in a the regular season, we could beat them too. Yep. And that, that like, you have to smack that. And that's, that's why I hate the AAU rules and the AAU mindset of, or just the whole, it's the whole mindset. And I think it's just only in basketball, sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. The sportsmanship word only works in basketball. So if you're up 20 with three minutes left, yes. you're supposed to take all your stars out. The losing team can keep all their stars in. Yes. And they get to do whatever they want to do, but the winners, they have to sit, ice, and uh-huh. chill while this team gets to try to make a comeback. 
And I yes. said, that's not, that is, that's how miracles are made. That, yes. That's how miracle like, comebacks are made because yeah. the, the other team still has the starters in. You don't. And they get to come back. By the time you put yours back in, they're on hot fire. You got to get back in. Now, this miracle of a 20-point deficit, it happens because sportsmen like conduct and all that. No, that's not a real thing. Like, I'm here. This team is trying to get here. If I don't let this team know that they don't belong in this league, yes. then they're going to they lost. We beat them by 30. Oh, they lost by 10. Now they really coming up for game two thinking, oh, we have a... No, 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 no. I'm going to beat you by 50, 60, 70. I don't care what happened. So you know, game two, it's over before we started. Now my team doesn't have to work as hard because they done beat your ass really bad the first time. But now you done made this a close game because I, I can't press now and I can't That's do this and I got to make seven passes around because... We got to let the babies come back and pretend they're having fun. It's just, it's just, it's, it's just a dumb way of thinking. Like I've watched so many NBA games and college games and, you know, they're, they're up 20 passing the ball around and now you done took the gas off. They still got their gas on and yes. they come back and win. And now the, 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 everybody's talking about this great comeback uh -huh. and you reward, you reward the team. Yep that you gave a handicap to. <laughs> like, yes, we had, at, at, in the high school game, it's right at 20 points. You get up by 20, the other coach is expecting you to take the press off. You're not going to leave your people in. And, and so, like Bill says, sometimes you do that and everybody's icing and then they cut the lead to eight and you're like, uh-uh, take the ice off because you got to get back in the game. Yep. Uh, but, you know, like, you know, Chino Hills a couple years ago with the Ball Brothers, they didn't care who you were. They was trying to score 170. <laughs> uh, and I think, you know, that's kind of what we're going to start doing because you have to establish yourself. People at this level that we play, they're going to beat you by 60 if they can. It doesn't that I just, it just never made, like, even, like, like, it just never made sense to me. Yeah. It just never made sense because, you know, as, as an NBA player, you know, when you sit there and you're up, and then the starters are coming out, and then their starters are still in, and you're like, why are they still in? I mean, when they come out, shouldn't you go out? You mm -hmm. you still in, and you get to play, and they and I'm, I'm, you get to shoot quick. They gotta like slow the ball down. Like I'm like so many fights are happening because the losing team ain't making their shots when they get to go fast, and then yeah. they expect them to. You know, it was it, was, it happened in um, New York. With the Peyton, Peyton kid and Crowder, yep. right? Peyton, New York came down and they shot the ball five straight times under five seconds. What happened is they scored and then New York turned the ball over and then he got it and was like, oh, I'm by myself and shot it. And then they got mad. Like, wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> the last five possessions you shot within five seconds. Now you're mad that he shot the ball because he's winning? Right. Where does this thinking come from? Like, if you don't want him to shoot, then you shouldn't shoot. Exactly. That's, that, like, if you don't want me to sh score, don't play defense. Sit, sit back there. Then I'll just sit out here and waste the clock. But if you're going to sit here and try to steal the ball, I'm going to try to score on you. 
If you're going to come down here and not run no play and try to score a basket on me, make me look bad, I'm going to do the same thing to you. So it should be like, if there's if it's 20 points, we should both look at each other and say, all right, starters out, bench squad in. But if I take all these guys out and you sitting there with your golden, trying to, trying to get their numbers, I'm going to let my guys get their numbers too. Yeah. You know, Clay got 60 with 30 minutes and you're, he's still in? Clay, go get 70. You know, and that's... The, you know, but it's, it's, this, it's this unspoken rule that just seems yeah. just like, where did that come from? Like, no, if I, no, if you're going to play defense, they're going to try to score. Like, you quit. I'm not going to tell my team to, like, hey, don't play as hard. Like, like either y'all walk off the, gym, the court, or walk off the court so my team knows, all right, they quit. Because as long as you got five defenders out there, get them. Get them. Get him. That's what Trust me, I took my butt whoopings when I was at Cleveland. <laughs> Westchester was beating us by 60. Yeah. I'm like, all right, one day. One day. <laughs> one day. But isn't that what it is? At the end of the day, let them learn from that. Let them learn from that ass whooping. But that's but that's what success, yeah. successful, the successful teams and people, they've been through that situation exactly. before. You know, it's it's these, it's the <laughs> The, the soccer moms and dads, you know, I, I call them because because that's where it started. I, I see that a lot of soccer. Like, oh, she scores too much. Take the score off. Take the score off. What are you talking about? Take the score off. It, no, it's eleven zero. It's eleven zero. It's twelve zero. Like I was doing that. Just twelve zero. It's zero zero. Crazy. What's <laughs> just wrong with you guys? No, this is either you take your butt whooping and learn from it. To say, you know what, we're not going to get beat 12-0 again. We're going to try to keep them to 10, and we're going to score two. Mm-hmm. That helps them. That improves. But if I have to take my press off, how does that help your player get better? It doesn't. Mm-mm. You know, if I got to take the press off because we're up 20 and you can't get the... I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> work, learn, work. You got to learn. You got to work. You got to get better at that. Like, you know, I, I, I can remember I, I was, when I played against the Cavs, I had to go against um, mm-hmm. uh, Ed. I had to go yeah. against Ed, Devin. And then when they came mm-hmm. off, it was Shane and the, um, the what's the name brothers that went to San Fernando. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, I, don't, I can't pick up and, the names. And like, so when those two, when Ed and Devin got off, the other two came on like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm literally seven for 48 right now. So <laughs> seven for 48, we down 52. God damn it. Right. And I still, to be honest, I still got another 20 more shots I'm about to take. Shit, you crazy? Shit, I, like, and that was my whole, like, AAU experience from middle school to high school. Yeah. I never shot the ball well in, in those, because I was getting double team, triple team. But what it did, it was building me. Mm-hmm. It was building. I was... You know, that's what I said. I, just, I, I was horrible. I was, I was horrible. I was getting killed in AAU. But you learn from that. That's what I said. It's learned, but that's what I'm saying. I didn't learn about, yo, take the press off. Nah, like, if you took the press off, I'd have been mad. Like, hey, what y'all doing? Yeah. What y'all doing? Nah, y'all, nah man, nah. Y'all got to put the press back on. Right. Suck me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm oh, used to. This, I went to sleep early for the, the, right. this, this, this team. Players, parents, parents and players don't want to go through that. They don't want to go through whoopings like that anymore. It's the struggle. It's yeah. the adversity that makes you that makes you great. Part of the struggle that you know very well. I know it very well. <laughs> yes. 
All right, so let's get into it. You, you might have come prepared for this today already, but it's time for Ask Agent Zero. And I think you've had something cooking for a while. Yes, yeah, so uh, I was supposed to go to Grant High School. Uh-huh. I went and met with Levine. He said he was going to start me on a CB team. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> I'm not coming to Grant. You have to tell me. Why did you end up going to Grant? Why did you choose Grant? Okay, so I went to Birmingham my first year. That was the year when they had David Redman. That's um, right, that's right. Uh, Stanley Fletcher. Um, they had Fahim, the point guard. They had a guy, big guy named Kizzy. Emmanuel Evans. Yep, yep. Um, super stud in both sports. Uh-huh. Um, so they had, they, they had that super team. So I was on JV. I was... I went there because of, you know, David Redman, them. That was my dad's part of my dad's Park League team. Definitely, yeah. So, you know, I didn't play my first year. Um, and I'm training. So I lived across the street from Grant. Mm -hmm. So I'm training, you know, six in the morning, just, you know, just training in the summer. Like, you know, I'm gonna be better this year. And um, I remember Eric Brown. Um Yes, sir. <laughs> Eric, I, yeah, I worked Eric Eric Brown, Season. Yeah. yeah, Eric Brown was watching me. He was like, hey, um, like, what grade you in? I told him. He's like, what, what, what school you going to? I told him, why are you over here? I was like, I live across the street. Yeah. He's like, so how do you go to that school? I was like, oh, I'm in a magnet program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> hit That's him with the how magnet. I got the yeah, Hit him with the magnet <laughs> program. <laughs> you know, and then um, what ends up happening is, I guess Levine was watching me every single morning because mm. he had golf. So he had his golf group so he is, so I'm not knowing that, you know, the coach is watching, but he's watching me work out every single morning, you know? And then uh, one day he was like, hey, I'm having tryouts, you know, would you like to try out for my team? So I'm, you know, I'm thinking JV, like, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, and then end up being a varsity tryout. And then I'm, I'm going against a kid from Tennessee and um, I, I, I outplayed him and Coach was like, all right, we're going to have summer league soon. Come to our summer league game before you make a decision. Mm. We go. We're playing the Van Nuys tournament. Yeah. And playing against a kid, I don't know if you remember, Isaiah Thomas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Played yeah. against Isaiah Had like 20 at the half. Mm. Coach pulled me over and said, hey, listen. You're going to be an NBA player. If you come here, I will do any and everything it takes for you to be an NBA player if you want it. Oh, that's cool. So I'm like, very cool. Man, this nigga, they must not have seen me last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, get over here like, he must not have seen me last year. And then what ended up happening is I get there, and then from there, he dismantles the team, got rid of, you know, two players, opened up the gym at before school, mm. nutrition, lunch, on the weekends. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, like, from what I seen, it wasn't the same guy when... You know, like when you see him, like, oh, yeah, oh, he, yeah, oh, he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you see that from the the, the sideline mm -hmm. watching him, but when when it was up close, he it was different. Oh, that's cool. You know, he it, he like he reminded me of um, Indiana coach um, Bobby Knight. Bobby, he, yeah, it reminded me of the Bobby Knight style. Yeah. But when I got there, totally, it was like he was more offensively, like he was defense, but he was offensively, like just do you. I ain't done with you. Okay. <laughs> um, what did you learn 
at Arizona that prepared you for the league? It was, you know, because I went into Arizona as a rich, like, you know, could possibly be a red shirt. Um, that's what I thought, you know, I was going to be a red shirt. I didn't know they had plans like one day he's going to be or um, understanding the process of a pecking order. Mm. You know, um, I was always the top guy, you know, yeah. in AAU, you know, I was yes. always I was always put in situations where I was the best player besides my JV year. But, you know, it's like I'm young. Eh, I'll be the man one day. Yeah, you know, yeah. here is like you got all American, all American, all American. You know, you, that's your team is all Americans. Yes, yes. You know, they're they're you know, Lou record. They're they're this players are coming in. Like, you know, so in mm -hmm. understanding how to work, how to train, um, how to compete. Um, you know, like I have I have walk ons challenging me in, you know, a mile run. Mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, you just have just competition coming from everywhere. Yeah, he might not be a great basketball player, but he's a track star. Now I got to compete with him on it, the, 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 that part of it. And, you know, it's, you know, so it's just understanding, like, what a playbook is. You know, yeah. like, hey, hey, you better, oh, oh I, wrong spot, timeout, out. Yeah. What? Yeah, we just wrote it. You you forgot all the information in five seconds. So now learning how to retain the information and not zone out, you know, yes. not zone out. You know, when the timeout, you see they're drinking water and you trying to zone. There, a real play just got drawn up. And yeah. You got to remember to, to to you know once you left because if you can't retain five minutes of information, that means that coach can't trust you. No you know, so it's just understanding like how to be a pro, how to be a basketball player, and, you know, overall. All right, last one. You talked about the process quite a few times in the, you know, during the interview. What is the process for you? Like if you're speaking to kids today, like what is trusting the process? What does that look like as an individual player? Um, one, you have to trust. You have to trust the person that has the authority. You can't go into a situation and not trusting that he's going to have your best interest at heart. Yeah. So from there is understanding what he's asking. Never listen to the tone. Mm. Listen to the information. What is he trying to tell me? What is he trying to tell me? Like, I know, like, in heated moments, it, it becomes louder and it looks like he's yelling. But what is he actually saying? Once you get that part down, then from, from there, then you know how to prepare. Understand, prepared. Okay, he wants me to do this. He wants me to run a team. Okay, okay, he plays more than me. So what is he doing? All right, okay, I can watch what he's doing, add my little flavor, and then from that, see if that's successful. Like you, you, it's like it's learning. Definitely. You know, like the process is learning, being willing to learn, being willing to fail to succeed. You know, and and it's like if you if you want to be the best shooter, you have to practice. Yes, you have sir. to put yourself in situations to 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 make it harder, you know. So it's 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 the process is like as a as a as a as a chef, you got to have your apron, you got to have mm -hmm. everything that goes on with it. Same thing as awesome. a player, you have to understand film time. You yeah. know, you got film time. You have preparation. You have your um, you have your routine. <laughs> mm -hmm. What what is your routine for success? Yeah, you know you. His routine is not your routine. You got to find a routine from the night before 
when you wake up, yeah. going to school, what you do, there's a process. Understanding that process, understanding the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't I don't need to hang out at lunch. I don't need to hang out with you right now. I see you on the, the weekend or non-game day. But you know, if, you know, if I have friends, like, hey, no, we have game today. You know, you have to, that's part of the process that you have to learn how to throw things out of it that's not gonna help you succeed. Good for me. Wonderful. <laughs> great, um, a- great answer, bro. You asked like me, like I like <laughs> like like my phone, you can't call my phone. So I can text you, mm. you can text me, I can call you, but you oh. can't call me. Yeah, that's pretty difficult, actually. That's not so <laughs> I've had this feature since 2005 mm. because I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching a player go through it. Mm-hmm. What is what is what is why? What do you mean? I didn't I didn't I didn't do that. I didn't I, I didn't sleep with that girl. That, like and I'm sitting there and like, like, dang, why would she do that on the game day? That's all I'm thinking. Why you can wait till after the game on a game day? Horrible. He has a horrible game. Horrible. And I'm sitting there like, oh, I would never want to go through that. Like sitting there t- tickets and who'd you leave tickets for? And like, hey, tickets the night before. On game day, my phone stays in the car. Mm. It's not coming in the arena. There's nothing that you're going to text me that's going to help me for this game. There's nothing you're going to say that's going to, that's going to, I'm going to go out there and score 40. No. So from there, it's just all negativity then. No doubt. Distraction. So I leave that, leave that. I don't need that. Yeah. I don't need it. Stay you know, out. so, but that, but that was part of the, my routine. Yeah. You know, understanding that remove all distractions and just keep, the chi, whatever helps me perform at the best. Wonderful. All right, so we can put a bow on things here. You're a guy that is at the forefront of where the future is going. We said it's a high-profile program. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their eyes on you, targets on the team in a good way. Um, it's a good problem to have. Where do you think things are going? What's the future? Uh, I think the high school game is going to be operating at the level of the college game in the next five to seven years, um, which, you know, I think... Uh, for for me, I'm trying to make the Valley the mecca of L.A. basketball, right? Like, everybody talks about the city, mm-hmm. things like that, but I, I'm trying to make the Valley the mecca. So for me, like, the more competitive teams that we have out here, the better for us. The more that the game starts to get elevated and we're on television, the more the coaches start to get paid, right? Coaches are not teaching anymore. They're strictly coaches and mentor and, you know, building programs and building young men. I think the most important thing that we can do as a coach is build young men. Uh, and if we're doing that uh, and those guys are going off and uh, being productive, you know, citizens in society, they're turning into politicians, they're owning their own businesses, they're doing things outside of the game. Uh, that's where I think that we're going. It's where I want to go. Uh, and so that's where I'm pushing Sierra Canyon towards. And I hope others follow uh, because, you know, in order to be great, you got to have people pushing you to be great. Mm-hmm. So we need competition. So, so you don't you don't have to you don't have to teach now. I didn't say that yet. Oh, oh I'm trying oh, to get oh, there. The future. Oh, let's go. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Trying, I'm trying to get there. Because I was like, wait a minute, I might jump into the live dude. That, that's... <laughs> Because I know, I know before you had to you had to teach like PE or something, right? Yeah, you like I'm an administrator. <laughs> I have I have master's degrees in in education, so I get to be an administrator. Um, but you know, there are there are people, coaches that are teachers. There are coaches that are like, you know, security on campus in different places. Okay, so it's uh, not it's not fully no, just yeah. a coach yet. 
No, you know, that's where that's where I think we need to get to um, so that coaches are being honored at the high school level at the same level that they're being honored at, at the college game. Mm. There's hope for you yet. That's where that's There's hope. Future, future <laughs> I, like, I want to teach these little bastards. But the game. I just want to teach them the game. Just the game. Just exactly. the game. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> Coach, thanks for coming on. We appreciate, appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. Right in the backyard. You, no of doubt. course, we're fans and we love to watch. Did, I, did we ever play against each other? No. No? No, no. You're a little older. No, no, no. No, like, you mean our teams. No, no, no. Like, uh, like. Oh, no, nah, nah, I don't think we played pickup even. Nah. Nah, because. I would have shut you up, but. No, no, because that's what they said. Like, that was like, they was like, yo, Drake, do You know, actually, I should have brought this up, but Hall of Fame at CSUN. Oh, yes. Thank yeah, you. No, no, yeah, no, no, that's what I said, Drake. Like, because I remember we had, um, what was the guard at USC that came back? Small, stocky. Oh, I know. Oh, I know you're talking about. Big. Oh, man, he was thick. thick. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what I said. So, like, we didn't have L.A., but we had, like, le it was, like, legends here. Oh, yeah. And he was yeah, one yeah, of them. Like, he was the legend. Yeah, yeah. I, I was played, like, man, I'm, I played defense. That's how I got That's I'm going to run up against him. I'm going to give him buckets off. I swear. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about all that. I'm going to give him buckets off. <laughs> I don't know. When I check, I think it was all-time leading scorer, CSUN, assists, and steals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I leave yeah. anything out? Free throw, a couple of free throws. I'm, you know, I was leading in free throws. Yeah, that's what I said. But that's what I said. You know, coming, you know, coming from the valley, like, you know, you got the the the, the college guys coming back, overseas guys. Like to mm -hmm. us, they are they were pros. They didn't exactly. give a shit what you're talking about. They didn't yeah. if they didn't make it to they they're sure they're pros. So they'd be like Valley College. Oh, oh yeah, Valley College. yeah, I'm gonna get them. Valley College. <laughs> that's what I said. I just never ran into them. Mike Law put me on at Valley College. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was cool. Was Shane still running it? I think he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As I said, this is the only guy. This is the only guy I didn't get to run into. Yep. <laughs> I got I got bopped by everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got him back then. No, yeah, no, no. Everybody knows this. It wasn't. That was the. It wasn't. You gotta remember, like top high school kid, like it's like okay, nah, I want, I want the, the I want the Valley College players. Like you, yeah. you were trying to look for because you gotta remember, unless you went to L.A., the competition here it was just the, it was the adults. Exactly. It was the, you know the college guys coming back, the pros coming back. The, uh, so it was those guys coming back that was really you know sharpening you know, our skills. So it was like, we didn't want to play against the kids. We wanted to, you know, bow bore early in the morning. We're trying to get on the court like, yeah. come on, man, just let me one time. He's right there. Let me just. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let me see what I got. Yeah. You got to do it. All right. Well, the Valley is the Mecca. It's starting to sink in. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. getting it out there more and more. So for the Valley champ right over there, Gilbert Arenas. Amen. Coach Andre. <laughs> Chevalier. Yes, sir. From Sierra Canyon. I'm Mike Botticello. This has been No Chill with Gilbert Arenas. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fubo Sports Network, and we'll see you next time.